0: Gather around as we spill the tea on cybersecurity. We're talking about the topic in a way that everyone can understand. I'm your host, Jara Rowe, giving you just what you need. This is the Tea on Cybersecurity, a podcast from Trava. Who's to blame during a security breach? Hey there, you're tuning in to episode nine of the Tea on Cybersecurity. If you've listened to any of the previous episodes, then you know about all of the cybersecurity topics we have covered so far. Some of those include what cybersecurity is, some of the different terms like ransomware and phishing, and we've even learned that people are the weakest links. But one thing we haven't covered yet is what actually happens when there's a security breach, specifically, Who's to blame? And that is exactly what we are going to be tackling on this episode of the T on Cybersecurity. I am joined by Scott Schlimmer, Travis Cyber Risk Specialist. Hi Scott.
1: Hello, it's great to be here.
0: I am so excited to have you here with me. I know you have a lot of cybersecurity experience, so can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Hello everyone, my name
1: is Scott Schlimmer and I'm a cyber risk specialist with Trava Security. And my job is when a customer signs up for the Trava platform, I help evaluate the company's security posture and then create a plan on how to best strengthen security and reduce risk for that customer.
0: That's a very important role for our customers. All right, so let's jump in. In your opinion, Why do you think people find cybersecurity confusing and
1: or intimidating? Yeah, cybersecurity can be intimidating because it really covers so many different areas. You get into asset inventories, data protection, secure configuration, account management, audit logs, and vulnerability scanning and training and pen testing. And really that's just still a portion of it. It's a big topic.
0: It definitely has a lot to cover and. You mentioned a couple of terms here that I'm not too familiar with. So I'm gonna just pull out two. Um, Can you tell me a little bit more about asset inventories and audit logs?
1: Sure, yeah, asset inventories is knowing all of the assets, all of the devices and things that are on your networks and in your systems. The idea is if you don't even know what's there, you can't protect it well. And audit logs is just keeping track of what's happening and where, and then later you analyze those logs to see if there's been any, anything out of the ordinary. It's a, it's a good way to see if something's wrong, if somebody's tinkering around in there, it's a way to, to catch them.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> you can catch the people doing the not right things.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: I'm sure a lot of people hear about, it's in the cloud, or save it in the cloud, or back it up in the cloud. So we all pretty much live in the cloud now. Can you discuss some common cyber risks that come with cloud platforms?
1: Sure, yeah. So the Cloud Security Alliance put out a report last summer about the top threats to cloud computing. And the number one threat was account management. And as you can imagine, you could have the most secure kingdom in the world. Then if you leave the keys right outside the front door, you're still not going to be secure. So it's important to make sure that only the right people are accessing your cloud. Number two is insecure APIs. That one's a little more complex, but APIs are how external resources connect to your cloud. And usually this means that sensitive data is exposed by mistake through an unsecured API. And then number three, interestingly, was misconfigurations. So this is things like having the wrong permissions and just not enabling the right security options. So these are some of the more more common cloud risks.
0: Cool, so can you go into number three a little more?
1: Like how could people better configure their cloud? There's a lot of different configurations and it's good to look into some of the more secure configurations, the standards, but sometimes it's as simple as just going in and seeing what can I enable. The simplest easy one, and this is a combination of one and three, number one was the authentication and account management, is multi-factor authentication, where it's ensuring that anyone who logs in passes that second factor and again, keeping the keys requiring that you have two keys really.
0: For sure. So listeners, he just mentioned multi-factor authentication, which is something that we've talked about on probably every episode Mm. so far. So I pull that out as something that's really important. So on the different um, platforms that you use, if they ask you to do two-factor authentication or MFA, make sure you do that. It's like one of the easiest ways now to just make sure you're a little more secure.
1: It's just a no-brainer. It's so much bang for the buck.
0: Definitely. So back to the cloud a little bit, I asked that question because many companies are customers of other companies that then store that data in the cloud. So if my account on a cloud platform gets compromised and my data or my customer's data gets leaked,
1: whose problem is that? Well, the most fundamental level, it's your problem because you're the one who's going to be missing the resources you need to do business. So you're going to be the one losing the money and dealing with the pissed off customers and the regulators. So I mean, when, when the rubber hits the road, it's you. And it's like what we were talking about with configuration. It's important to remember that clouds are not necessarily secure out of the box. A lot of them do require configuration for someone to turn the security functions on. So... When you consider fault though, there is a shared responsibility in cloud security and some security areas are the responsibility of the cloud and some are your responsibility. And when we think back to those top threats from the cloud security alliance that we just talked about, think about like account management, that's definitely your responsibility and not the cloud providers because you decide who gets access and how well those people are going to protect their accounts. Are they trustworthy? Are they trained. Number two was the insecure APIs. That one's a little more shared. It's both your responsibility and the cloud provider's responsibility. And then number three was the misconfiguration. And again, that's completely your responsibility. You just need to go in there, configure your cloud and make sure to turn on the key security features.
0: It looks like that cloud security is pretty much like your responsibility where you need to take me as a company CEO or leader, I need to take responsibility for those things. And like you mentioned, if something was leaked or taken of my customer, that's honestly my responsibility and that I didn't necessarily do my due diligence to make sure that the third party vendor was secure. That's why my everything okay? Yeah,
1: that that sounds about right. I'd say the big takeaway is that cloud security is largely your responsibility. Then at the same time, you're also relying on your cloud provider security. So it is very important to to choose a good one.
0: So it seems like it may come down also to like ensuring third-party vendors is secure. So what are ways companies can check the security of a third party?
1: Yeah, the first is to request the cloud provider CIAQ or the STAR or the SOC 2 report. And these reports should give you some sense of the security controls that the cloud provider has in place, which hopefully will be a lot of controls. And the second is to run vulnerability scans and pen tests on the cloud environment. And then from there remediate the vulnerabilities that are your responsibility or ask the cloud provider to remediate any vulnerabilities that are their responsibility or potentially choosing to accept those risks. And these are scans that we can run in the Trava platform, of course, or help out customers with that.
0: So you mentioned SOC 2, which I know is a compliance, but what is CAIQ and STAR?
1: Uh, These are cloud-specific frameworks from the Cloud Security Alliance. So these are going to be security reports similar to a SOC 2 report, but more focused and more tailored to cloud security.
0: So, okay. We're learning a lot about who's at fault here. In a previous episode, we talked about employees and humans just pretty much being like the weakest link in a company's cybersecurity. So in your experience, are those employees typically reprimanded
1: in any way, if they were like the cause of a breach? Typically, they're just fired. No, no, I never heard of that happening. It's usually best for companies if employees report everything as soon as possible, even if they've made a really major mistake, and then they can go fix that. And that's why smart companies encourage employees to report things knowing that's best for the company's security. Reprimanding employees really doesn't accomplish much. So the more common approach is if a and employees made a mistake, is to offer extra security training, not much reprimanding.
0: Yeah, because I've always been curious about that. Because sometimes, especially if it was like phishing, like that could seriously be an accident. So I'm like, oh, I hope Sue doesn't get fired for that. So I've always just been curious about how that works.
1: Yeah, it, it happens. You see it happen a lot to executives too. And it's just training. Thanks for reporting. Let's not do it again.
0: Yeah. So again, we've talked a lot about specifically more cloud issues and things like that. But if there was like another attack that caused a breach, who is to blame just generally? Is it still just all falls back on you? Or yeah, if you could just talk about that in general, like who is to blame for a cyber
1: attack? In a general cyber attack? That's a big question. I mean, because they happen a lot anyways, and it's difficult to stop every breach. There will be breaches if if Mm -hmm. you're a big enough target. So I wouldn't even say who's to blame is the attacker, but the idea is a layered approach so that when somebody does get in, they can't do much from there. Or if they do, if anything is broken, we can fix it quickly. So, I mean, blame is just life, (laughs) but, we can always improve our security. If we lose our most important assets, we blame ourselves because we should be protecting our most important assets more than our less important assets. They should get our most the most attention.
0: Give me your like cybersecurity prediction that you think we may see over the next five years.
1: Yeah, so an interesting one that came up with a customer recently is using AI to write their cybersecurity policies. And... With ChatGPT recently, the new craze, AI has become very accessible and it's been very powerful for some time now. So I think five years from now, we're already seeing a fair amount of AI in these, the $200,000 solutions we were talking about before. I think we'll see it a lot more. And I think in the next five years, we'll be seeing AI doing a lot of the tests that now we have to do manually, like these policies. But I'd say AI still has a ways to go. So for now, I wouldn't recommend having AI write your corporate
0: policies. (laughs) We just talked about this chat GPT with Jim with his 2023 cybersecurity predictions. I asked specifically about chat GPT and how that would affect cybersecurity. So I appreciate you bringing that back up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even think about it from the aspect of writing the policy. We were talking about it from you know those bad actors writing like mm-hmm. or fishing or something. But there is a good side to that as well with writing the policies.
1: Yeah. We actually have a, a, a one customer who did a training video with an AI. I call it a bot, but it's a person talking or it looks like a person. They called mm-hmm. it their virtual employee. And I had to ask them. I had a sense it was AI, but I had to ask them, like, is this person or AI? It was pretty good. So yes, it'll help both sides, although it might help the bad guys a little more.
0: I hope not. We'll see. (laughs) see. Yeah. (laughs) All right. But before I let you go, is there anything else that you would like to hit home?
1: That's a good question. So I think the other one thing we really haven't talked about, I don't know how much it's come out on the cast, is that, It seems like privacy is the new big thing that's subsuming cybersecurity and we're seeing new state, new laws in every state. It'll be interesting in 2023. We had California put in a new law and we had other states with new privacy laws starting in 20, in January 1st. And it's going to be an interesting year for privacy and AI. It's exciting though. Hopefully everyone stays ahead of it and stay secure.
0: Listeners, make sure you stay up on AI and all of the new privacy laws that are happening. Thank you so much for joining us today, Scott. Thank you. It was great to be here. Now that we've spilled the tea, it's time to go over the receipts. So during this episode, we talked a lot about the cloud. And one of the first things I took away is that the cloud is only secure as you make it. One of the threats is account management, and you want to ensure that only the right people have access to your cloud. Which leads me to my second takeaway is that the cloud doesn't come secure straight out of the box. You have to do and add elements that actually make it secure for you, your customers, and anyone else that may have their data in that. We learned more about some different frameworks and specifically the cloud. So CAIQ and STAR are cloud specific frameworks, which we also know about SOC 2 compliance. And then the final thing is, when it comes down to a security breach, a lot of the time it's innocent mistakes from people and things like that. So it's not necessarily about who is to blame, it's about how the company then remedies that issue and make sure that it doesn't happen again. Thanks for tuning in to the Tea on Cybersecurity. If you like what you listen to, I'd be greatly appreciative if you could leave me a review. If you need anything else from me, head on over to Trava Security. Follow wherever you get your podcasts.